0: In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM.
1: W-A-T-H-F-N's.
2: It's 37 degrees outside at the moment, headed up to 59 or high. As we look ahead, 64 tomorrow, 70 on Saturday, 75 on Sunday, and 80 on Monday. Yeah, boy, gonna get some grass mowing done. We got a special edition today. It's part two of a series. The program's called HAPCAP, which stands for Hawking, Athens Perry Community Action um, Assistance and Agency. And uh, they've done a lot of good for a lot of people and who've needed it, particularly through this whole COVID thing. So uh, we've got to four guests this morning. Think of that. That's kind of cool. So uh, first of all, let's just ask uh, Valerie Keeney. To, um, she's the public relations coordinator for Happy. Valerie, uh, just, let's just do the basics. What is the mission of HAPCAP?
3: Yeah, so first, thank you for having us back on again. Of course. We really appreciate it. Um, so our mission is to mobilize resources to empower individuals and communities through advocacy and quality services that promote self-sufficiency and improved quality of life.
2: Okay, that's, that's a well-written statement, but boil it down to it us. Just tell us in your terms.
3: Yeah, so we work with low-income individuals uh, to overcome barriers that are placed by poverty, to bridge the gaps between basic needs um, that are missing due to poverty and the impacts.
2: Well, I would think that uh, COVID has uh, made it uh, a bigger deal. Did HAPCAP exist prior to COVID?
3: It did. Hapcap has been around for 56 years since 1966. Holy cow! Yes, quite a while.
2: I'm making a note of that. I hadn't known that. 56 years. <laughs> Whoops. Now, um, this this whole thing of hawking Athens, Perry. Uh, you know, that's a large area. How how does um, how do you deal with um, a significant uh, You know, number of acres, really, and people.
3: Yeah, so there are about 130,000 residents in our primary service area between Hawking, Athens, and Perry. So we do have offices in each of those counties. We're physically in the places in which we're offering our services for our different divisions. So it's is—it's a big operation. We have about 250 employees that work for the agency. No
2: kidding. I had no, no no. idea was anything that large. That's terrific. And, um, let's see now, uh, so when you talk about serving those counties, uh, golly, uh, what sort of things, uh, I guess we could call them divisions, you know, one might work with uh, landlords and tenants, another one might work with um, children, uh, you know what I'm trying to say. How many? Yeah. So uh, all these divisions, let's list uh, the ones you can think of quickly.
3: Yeah, so we have five main divisions and each of those have their own programs within, um, but we have the community services division, which help, helps with things like utilities. Um, people may have heard of HEAP or PIP before. Also the mortgage assistance that you're talking about that came through from CARES Act funds, for covid is mm-hmm. all through community services we also have the food and nutrition division which own, operates the southeast ohio food bank and serves 10 counties we have community development, um, which helps with physical infrastructure needs within the service area also child development which we have head start centers and early head start centers and a transportation division as well
2: okay now um, how long have you been doing
3: I have been with the agency since April of 2020, so right at the beginning of the pandemic.
2: Yeah. Now, is there a certain, how do you wanna say it, warm feeling about what you guys accomplish?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I would say everyone that works for the agency is here because of the mission. We're here to help people, and these are our neighbors that we're helping every day. We try to be a helping hand for people, and I think that's that's a big part of why, even when people are coming to apply to jobs for us, that's that's why they're coming to us. It's all for the right reason.
2: Well, let's talk a little bit about children. And there's a variety of We have um, folks, as you know, there, <laughs> there are uh, helicopters. Uh, trimming trees today, and uh, they may uh, create a little interference once in a while. The AEP, AEP American Electric Power Lines. Um, all right, so uh, we we apologize if you get a little static once in a while. Okay, where was I going? Oh, a child, children, um, and, and the way they develop, uh, you know, those early years are so critical. Chris, Chris Delamontre, right? Did I say it pretty close? Pretty close, Chris Delamater. Delamater. Okay. Well, Chris, um, you're you're involved. Uh, in fact, you're the director of that that aspect of
4: HapCap, right? Yes, I'm the division director.
2: And how long have you been doing that?
4: Almost thirty-five years. Holy cow! I know. Fifteen. Uh,
2: 35 out of the 56 years the HapCap's been around. You've been doing
4: it. Scary, isn't
2: it? Just have to hope that these uh, static charges uh, go away there. They may have flipped a, a, a line. Let's see here. what? I think it's internal. So on the side of the mic it says mic two. That's the one that's working right now. Yeah. So we're gonna pass that around this one not working? When I try number three. Okay. Number three on? Just a minute. Three is on now. Okay. Nothing. Anything? Nothing. Nothing? No. Plus when I when it was working it was static. Okay. So um Hey folks, it's only live radio. That's right. That's right. Anything now? Yeah, that's the stat. Okay. You should have that headset on so you can hear what's going on. Okay. Now I just turned mic three off. Now mic three is on. Let's, uh, let's just use one. Okay, we'll pass it around. Okay. I'm, I'm, we, we don't want to bother these folks with that. We'll get that fixed okay. here later this afternoon. Okay, so we're working with Mike 2 and Mike 1 and not 3. Let's see here. I forgot what I was asking. Oh, child development. Chris, um, you've been doing it all these years. Um, Has the way you approach child development changed many times over those years?
4: I would say yes. We um, have always had the focus though, throughout that 35 years and before that, that we consider parents as the primary educators of their child. Mm -hmm. So our mission is to work with the family, which makes us a little different than maybe a typical preschool program. Because we are working with the child, but we're also working with the family to support them, to provide them with any kind of uh, social service supports, educational supports. Because if we can help the parent and the child, we're going to have a better outcome down the road as that child gets through public school.
2: You know, some parents, uh, I'm sorry, some young people that start to have children have a more natural um. Just naturally, it comes to them, perhaps because of the way they were raised. In others, it's dip, more difficult, and maybe their childhood wasn't all that great. I, uh, what I'm getting at is you folks also help teach the
4: parents, right? Exactly. That's a big focus of what we're doing. We're providing educational opportunities for children in the center. We also offer a home-based program where there's a home visitor that goes into the home and works with the child and the parent. But one thing that is consistent across either option, whether it's home-based or center-based, is that we're working with that parent and providing them with feedback about how their child is doing, but also ideas and opportunities for them to work with their child when they're not in school, mm-hmm. you know, and why do you do things? Why why do you have a basket of socks and help your child sort the socks? Well, that's that's a great learning activity, but we wait, have to explain wait, wait, the
2: wait. why. My wife's doing that with me now.
4: There you okay. go. Yeah.
2: Okay. So I so I should have learned that earlier, I guess.
4: It's good to <laughs> reinforce those goals.
2: <laughs> okay. Well, um, you know, what about nutrition? Uh, You know, some people are very aware of what is a good food and what isn't. And uh, some things that taste wonderful aren't necessarily the best for you um, and vice versa. So um, there's a new traditional component
4: too, right? There is. We are a part of the Child and Adult Care food, Food Program. And with that, we're providing a breakfast and a lunch and a snack every day because our children most of them are there for a full day and these are designed to meet certain federal guidelines about what constitutes a meal so there's a certain percentage of the meal that's a fruit and a vegetable and a protein and we have to stick with that in order to get our reimbursement we're also at this point during covid providing a lot of additional food to families for weekends and evenings
2: and you even have a neat thing where you can help people with car seats uh, we, for children riding in cars and that sort of thing.
4: That's cool. Yeah. We, we're part of the Ohio Buckles Buckeyes program. Buckles Buckeyes. Yeah. Say that fast three times. I can't. Uh, so this is a state program, and we are the provider for Athens County. So we're able to provide brand-new car seats and brand-new booster seats Two families, and all they have to do is go to our website and apply online. Mm-hmm. We actually have some available right now, so I encourage anybody that's in need of a seat to uh, send in an application.
2: And, uh, is anybody eligible, or does it have to be that you uh, don't make above this amount of money, or you
4: know what I mean? It is an income-based program. The income base for this follows the WIC guidelines, which is higher than our Head Start guidelines. We're able to help a lot of people that maybe wouldn't think that they would be eligible. So it never hurts to ask, you know?
2: And, um, okay, so I have a child seat um, because of my grandchildren, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, somebody else may
4: not, and they have grandchildren. Can they also speak to y'all? We cannot provide a car seat for the grandchild. Okay. However, if that parent is eligible, even if they have another car seat, they could come, get a car seat, and give you their old car seat.
2: Well, now all my grandchildren are old enough that I need to recycle my child car seat to somebody who needs it. So um, I'll work on that. Okay, what about... um, See, now, uh, Chris, uh, may I guess your first name really is Christine? You can. And would I be right? You would be. Okay. I've known only a few good Christines. I'm one of them. Okay, good. I'm glad to hear that. All right, let's move to transportation. So, Brian Hinkle, a mobility coordinator. Ooh. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah. I like that title. So, what do so you folks actually have vehicles?
0: So, no, we um, for as the mobility coordinator, I do not provide direct transportation. Okay. Um, my role with HAPCAP is to help provide education, awareness, um, and to uh, find the gaps in services. In our county, we have a mobility manager um, through HAPCAP in Athens County, and we also have a mobility manager now in Hawking County as well. So, um, yeah, we get to work with the people with the people who are trying to move about the county. And in ways in which you can help, are are, are we are we
2: talking about providing um, a taxi? Are we talking about Providing some rental car assistance. What are we talking about?
0: So from the mobility manager standpoint, we look at the resources that we have available in our county. So we look at the current transportation providers and we help people decide what's the best option for them. We also go out and work with um, a variety of agencies in the county to provide training on how to access that transportation. How do you know how to read a bus schedule? How do you pay for the fares? Um, how do I know what routes are coming to where I live or things along that line? So that's that's a big part of the mobility manager's role. Um, however, the over-encompassing part of HAPCAP is that we do work with, uh, Athens public transit, which is our fixed route system that runs through Athens, Mm -hmm. Chansey, Nelsonville, the plains down into Albany. So, and we also have our Athens on demand, which is a door to door service, which, um, individuals can call and schedule a ride through them. They can go anywhere in Athens County one way for $2, um, elderly, and disabled can get reduced fares of that for $1. So you can travel anywhere in the county for $1. Um, that's, that's amazing.
2: Uh, uh, I have a neighbor who um, is no longer able to drive because of health. Mm-hmm. And um, periodically, you know, the van comes up with a loud backup beeper, I might
0: add. Absolutely. That's to make sure that yeah. they don't bump into you. And um takes her
2: to this and that and mostly medical appointments and things Mm -hmm. like that so Mm -hmm. you know that's really a neat service now you know you're honking Athens Perry Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Uh, Perry County sort of lacks in these things doesn't it
0: um no actually they don't they have um their own mobility manager in Perry County but they are housed through their job and family services so so that's where they're at but I also wanna make sure that people are aware of the Go Bus um, option too. You can you can hop on the, the bus and pick it up in Athens down by the community center and right. you can go to Cincinnati and Columbus and even land in Cleveland, you know? Yes. And you're talking you can go from here to Columbus for like 10 bucks plus some fees. So what a great op- option for folks who are looking to get to the airport or need to get up there and don't wanna battle the traffic. Uh, it's, it's a wonderful service too. So don't wanna leave them out.
2: So um, what about people that have vehicles, but maybe they're um, the vehicles ailing, you know, is there, is there anything to help them support getting back on the road? So
0: some of those are through outside agencies. Um, I don't really have any, um, we don't really have any of those programs through HAPCAP at the moment, but a lot of times we do referrals to um, Athens County Job and Family Services. So, you know, our big thing is we want to make sure that we're partnering with agencies in our counties too, so that even if we can't provide that support, we can definitely provide that resource. So it's very important to us and the mission of HAPCAP to be able to do that.
2: Brian, how long have you been doing?
0: Uh, I have been doing this since December of 2021. Okay.
2: Well, about a, about a year in, right?
0: Oh, sure. Five months.
2: We'll, we'll round up. <laughs> That's alright. And, and your background, have had you had some experience in um, transportation and all of that?
0: So prior to this, I worked um, as in the the public kind of service sector uh, as a service and support coordinator in Perry County working with individuals with developmental disabilities and we know that transportation is a huge issue for a lot of folks who have a developmental disability so I did spend a lot of time coordinating on the other side of the desk Mm -hmm. as well so now I get a I get to see it from this side and what all resources are available so
2: well um, again I see so many different services, you know, whether it's a go bus or public transit or so on. And even the um, uh, point-to-point stuff for mm-hmm. seniors uh,
0: working in,
2: uh, I live off of East State Street down. So through.
0: you get to see line 2 and 3 running down yeah. East State Street all the time and 4 now too, yeah. So it's bu-
2: busy and obviously a lot of people use it. Uh-huh. That's great. Well, um, Nate Simons, right? And, uh, Nate, you are the community development coordinator. <coughs> now, uh, communities. Communities. The health of a community. The fitness of a community. Um, you know, there's... I mean, without a community... There's not much left. Um, I would agree. So describe some of the things that HAPCOM, HAPCAP is engaged in when we talk about community development.
5: Certainly. I'd love to. Um, so again, yes, my name is Nathan Simons. I'm the community development coordinator um, with HAPCAP. I've been in that role for five years. I've been with the agency for seven um definitely enjoy working with the communities um in the area our service area of course of hawking athens and Perry counties Um, we've also began assisting the city of athens with their community development needs Um, and so what we do um, to assist communities is we bring to bear community development block grants um, and that's what we work with to bring in funding to um, perform old construction projects, mm-hmm. um, public service projects, things of that nature. Now, uh, uh,
2: that sort of thing's been around a long time. When I was on city council and then later as president of council here in Athens, community development block grants, we had a lot of activity in those. Um and is that still a very popular thing? Are there, or has it diminished some? Or, uh, but there were a lot of things accomplished that way.
5: A- absolutely, and we still accomplish a lot of things um, that way um, with those funds. So I would say that, unfortunately, the funding has begun to diminish a little bit mm-hmm. um, over the years. The federal government has reduced, you know, the amount of money that goes into the program. I guess I should say that these funds all originate and derive from HUD funding, um, which of course is the uh, Department of Housing and Urban Development. Um, And then they send those out to the state level and then the counties um, are distributed funds. So unfortunately, the amount of money that the counties have been receiving is on the decline. Um, You may be familiar, you know, back in the 90s, uh, the CDBG program um, was, you know, basically uh, flush with cash. Um, the counties were doing well. Received large allocations every year. Um, not so much now, as far as the amount of allocation funding, which is the consistent. Um, used to be every year a county would receive allocation funds. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2017, the state changed that to a biennial cycle. So then a county had to wait. You'd get you know one year you'd be funded. Then you'd wait a year and then you'd be funded again. So that was kind of the first way they began reducing the award. And then the actual amount of the award has been decreasing as well. Um, But at HAPCAP we strive to provide um, competitive block grants um, for larger dollar amounts that can have more impact and uh, do more things in the community. And we've been really successful in my tenure um, with HAPCAP in acquiring those types of grants, um, just I guess to, to toot our horn a bit in my department um, we've brought in over ten million dollars in competitive grants in the uh, four years I've been the coordinator with HAPCAP um, in the Community Development Department. So we're proud of that. We currently have another grant pending at the state. Um, if awarded, will be another five million to add to that, which will personally be my largest grant that I've um, ever wrote. So um, excited about that, for sure.
2: Now. So HempCamp, what did we say, 56 years it's been around. Um, When you compare money, uh, the value of money as well as the amount received, uh, and I don't know who can best speak to this, and maybe it's a group, does the money go as far as it used to?
5: So I guess since uh, I'm right here right now, and I can kind of speak to this, this is relevant, especially with um, you know the pandemic uh, beginning in 2020, um, inflation, uh, increasing supply costs. So we in my department have definitely seen the money does not go as far, um, which is one reason that for the competitive programs, you know, I said that the allocation program they're d- reducing the funds, but in the competitive pots of money, they're actually working to increase those funds. Um, because the state is aware you know, of the issues that's going on and the problems that um, it is causing because no, the money just does not go as far um, as it used to. Um, we have, uh, the nature of our grants that we work in, the CDBG, CDBG grants is a, a two year cycle. Um, and it's a process where on the front end, we look at the project, we work with engineers and they provide us an estimate. And then we have to push paper for about a year, 18 months. Um, do environmental reviews and then procurement of engineering, then the engineers have to create design for the project and we bid the project out. So a lot of times as we go through that process, and you know, especially since 2020, um, like we have estimates that are just really not close anymore. You know, we're trying to bid out projects and we're discovering that we're missing, you know, we're 200000 $300,000, you know, of a gap that we need to find money for or we need to make adjustments um so i can say for our department it has definitely been noticed and it's definitely an issue um, and a challenge but it's something that we've been working with and, and coping through um working with our communities and our engineers and of course contractors as well to uh, to get some of these um projects that are giving us fits completed and bid out and, and all that so i can say yes the money is not going as far
2: not to yes. put you on the spot or to single something out but give me an example of a project
5: All right, excellent. Yes, so um, I guess I can give you an example of a project now that's kind of fits the bill of what I'm talking about. We have a project in Chansey um, that was awarded, uh, the grant was awarded in March, 2020. So right on the cusp of everything kind of going crazy. Um, And we had that estimate. It was roughly $440,000 project. We wrote a grant um, for the village of Chansey to do work on sewer system sewer system there okay. they have a sewer main that's failing mm-hmm. um, a lot of folks if you're driving through Chansey you've probably seen they've put a metal plate in the road and there's a hole right there at the intersection where you turn on to 13 um, like if you're heading north to Gloucester mm-hmm. um, and that is due to the failing um, sewer main line that runs under the road there and so we wrote the grant like I said a couple years ago um, thought it'd be kind of a slam dunk um, we've tried to bid this project four times um because you know the budget is not where it should be because the estimate was from prior to the pandemic and now we're dealing with inflation and rising supply costs and then also the contractors are extremely busy due to the large infrastructure bill that the federal government has passed which is which is great Um, but it makes makes it kind of harder for us for our smaller to the middle of the road projects to get contractors interested um so that project has definitely been affected you know by the money not going far as it used to inflation all that good stuff um, so we have tried to bid the project several times still working on getting that bid out to replace that sewer main um, to alleviate the failing road situation and to improve the services of course for the village of Chansey and, and the folks there um, but yeah so that's a, it's a critical infrastructure project um, it's four hundred fifty thousand dollar project uh, we've talked to contractors and they're like, well, you probably need another 100k you know to get it there. So we've added 50,000 to the uh, to the budget. Um, we've changed the scope around and reduced a little bit of what we're going to do to try to to get it to bid. Um, we just met with the village and our engineer and whatnot just last week hashed out a few things and uh, we're going to throw it back out to uh, try to bid it out one more time and we think that we might have it there this time so. Hopefully, you'll see some construction there soon.
2: So, you know, we, 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 we've talked about transportation. We've talked about community development. Uh, Nate, you just talked about that. We talked about child development. What, you know, I'm betting that, um, let's see, do you guys make up the board yourselves or do you have a supervisory board?
3: So we do have a governing board and it is comprised of uh, people through our three different counties from the public sector, from the private sector, and from the low-income sector. Um, And our executive director, Kelly Haddis, she um, sits on that board as well and they do have a monthly board meeting um, or committee meeting in which we Get advice from them we seek approval for grants that we're submitting um and really just use them as a resource for our organization
2: okay so um i guess what i'm getting at <clears throat> is uh, I, I i have a hunch just a hunch that there's lots of ideas floating about and depending on you know like um Chris, you you may have something in child development that you'd really love to do that's not been able to been done yet. Or, Or Ryan in transportation. Or whatever. And how do you get... How do you sell your ideas to your supervisors, which is a board, to let you pursue those with with the various um, sources out there that you would approach?
4: I'll jump in. Did that make any sense? Absolutely. Okay. Um, and in the child development world in Head Start, we actually not only respond to the board and are accountable to them, but we have a parent policy council, which is made up of parents from all of our centers. They have to approve all of the hiring we do, all of the grants we submit, and the projects we take on. So our first step when we get a great idea is we talk to staff, but then we're also talking to parents. So we're talking to our parent policy council. These are some ideas. Our parents have great ideas. They are on the ball, and they know what's best for their children. So they actually will come to us and say, we need this or we should do that. Then it's my job to try to figure out where the money is. Can I do it? Is there a grant out there? Can I do it within my own budget? Mm-hmm. Then I will get policy council approval, and then I will talk to Kelly, and we'll take it to the board, and hopefully get approval there, and then I'll, I'll submit that grant application and and hope that we will get funding approval. But it is a process that's kind of data-driven and driven by the needs and wants of parents.
2: I mean, do you get a letter in the mail in the morning and everybody in the
4: building goes, woohoo, we got it? Or. Actually, yeah, anymore it's an email instead of a, a okay. hard letter, but that's pretty much how it happens.
2: So there's a lot of excitement.
4: Yes. Definitely woohoos.
2: Yes. Yeah. Woohoos. Well, um, name a couple things that you think are important but haven't been yet able to come about
4: one of the things we're struggling with right now is the need for increased funding to improve the salaries of our staff in Head Start in particular we're facing a huge staffing shortage and that is an area that we're working hard on the state level on the national level to find funding to improve that because it's a nationwide problem so so that's a big problem um for us right now I'm down about 25 percent of my staff and you you can imagine what kind of impact that has on my ability to provide services
2: okay so um how how can how can that be fixed
4: we work with our national and state association to talk with them about talking to our funders, which is HHS, and it's talking to Health the, and Human Services. Yes. Okay. And it's talking to the people who make that decision. It's our legislators. It's talking to them about the importance of if this is a great program and if we want it to continue with the quality that we expect it to have, we have to employ quality people. We have to pay them a living wage. And across the board, the agency is working to improve salaries in all divisions. That's one thing that the board and policy council are very supportive of, and they actually provided a mandate to our executive director. This is a top priority. This is a focus. Mm -hmm. We need to improve our salaries overall. We are a social service agency, and that's difficult at times, but that's what we need to do.
2: You know, Ohio is what, 88 counties, right? Yes. Um, We're talking about three of them, Hawking, Athens, Perry. Uh, does every county in the state have some similar thing? Yes. They do. Mm-hmm. And do some get more preferential treatments simply because of the maybe their population numbers are higher or... Um, or is it the economy of that area is higher, or you know what I mean?
4: I think it's both. Okay. I see Nate shaking his head, too, that we are a rural program, and we have to compete against programs in our big three cities across the state that they have access to tons of resources that we don't. They have local money that they can access. We don't. They are so big they get bigger chunks of money and sometimes there is an economy of scale so it's it's more expensive to run a program in southeast ohio than it is in columbus where you're not driving you know i'm taking my school buses all over our three counties to pick up children to bring them to head start
2: Mm -hmm.
4: their families are self-transporting they're bringing their in because they're two blocks away from where a center is located so there's all kinds of things with all of our programs mobility too brian do you want to speak to that sure sure
0: so um, you know, we think of transportation, and we think of where you know a lot of the questions you were asking around Chris. So I hold a uh, every a bi monthly transportation meeting that I invite all of the stakeholders in Athens County to attend to listen to and hear what is going on. We also, as in transportation, we're required to have a coordinated transportation plan, which spans over four years. Athens County just completed theirs. Um, Hawking County is currently working on theirs and they will be um, sending out surveys throughout the entire county, canvassing that area. But so we use that, that information and that data through, through the needs that we see to kind of drive the direction that we go you know and in athens county right now as far as transportation we know that our evenings and our weekends are are it's a hard time for folks to find reliable affordable transportation so that's that's our focus you know our focus is finding ways and like finding that funding and finding uh Agencies to partner with to close those gaps, and I think that's a big role that we play in our communities as a whole.
2: Well, um, okay. So again, we're we're three relatively rural counties. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just trying. I don't know if this is even important, but to me it is. Are we doing better than our peers, or are some, you know, there's lots of rural counties, Um, or are we um, sort of a second thought rather than a first?
3: So that could be an interesting question because we have so many different programs within our agency. Um, and all of them do have their own um, tracking system to see you know, how, how well our dollars are being put to use. Mm-hmm. And I know that we, that's something that we are typically pretty good at is making the best use, getting the most uh, money out to our clients and to the people that live within our communities. Um, but it really just depends on the funding source. We have federal, state, and local funds. And we also receive a lot of gifts from people in the community that provides us with flexibility to meet the needs that aren't necessarily already being addressed from those federal, state, and local funds.
2: Well, so in the bottom line is you're proud of what you're doing, right?
3: Absolutely, yeah. yes. Yes, yeah. I think that's a that's a sentiment we all share. And we love to share this information with the community and um, get really excited about personal stories. If people stop us and see that we're wearing a hapcap cap shirt out in public we we all really love to see those things and be reminded of why we do what we do
2: so um who's another geographical area that you really like um, comparing notes with
3: i again that comes down to the specific programs um and the way that we work as a Nonprofit social services agency. We are a community action agency, but not every community action agency has the same programs within. Mm-hmm. Um, so each program director would be able to give you a good answer on that specifically for them. But it, it really does vary um, within our food bank. We're serving a ten county service area, so um, their metrics can be a little bit easier to compare. But yeah, yeah, it really just depends what specific area we're looking at and um, what goal we're trying to reach
2: well Valerie had helped me jot down some notes folks and um, I've hit most of them I, I need a little help here what, what else should we talk
3: yeah, so we can talk a little bit about our other divisions as well. Okay. Um I know you were asking earlier about things that we want to do. Yeah. Um so because we operate the Southeast Ohio Food Bank, we have a new program called HapCap for Health. And it is aimed at addressing the social determinants of health and it is housed through our food and nutrition through our food bank, but it really Um, One of the important aspects of that is tying in all of the resources that we have from our different divisions that affect health. Um, So that might be getting food for a senior in something called a CSFP, Commodity Supplemental Food Program box. Um, And, specifically for seniors, then we have people like Brian in Transportation that can help find them if they're not driving anymore. Maybe they don't have the eyesight to do that themselves. Um, Yeah, and then we have other physical infrastructure programs like Nate um, works in here for weatherization, which is through our housing department that could help maybe do some repairs on their home. So that's an important thing to us is really trying to integrate all of our services And also within the Community Services Division, we have three resource coordinators, um, resource navigators, in each of our counties, and that is their whole job. They want to speak to a client and figure out how best they can help them through programs that we offer and also programs outside of our agency as well within the community.
2: And I keep trying to reach for something that maybe doesn't exist yet. Uh, and I don't want to overdo that, but, um, you know, you guys, I, I just, I sense your, your enthusiasm about what you're doing and the difference you can make in people's lives. So, you know, what is, what is there something out there that I would never dream of, but you have, and you think it could make a world of difference?
0: Well. I want to jump in here for a minute because I I do want to tout that we're bringing an electric bus to Athens this summer. Um, Partnership with Rural Action through uh, the Roadmap Grant. Uh, Athens Public Transit has been picked as the provider to um, operate the electric vehicle through Athens County. So so I think um, as far as uh, innovative and thinking outside the box and really trying to cl- and this will give us the opportunity to collect a lot of data around that which is which is very important to us you know yes and to there, other cities and to other cities and, and, and you know it won't be the first bus in that regard but the community and the climate in Athens with our hilly terrain and our winters and all that will be a great uh, opportunity to really test the viability of an electric vehicle in this area reduce emissions um and you know that environmentally friendly approach to to what we're looking to do so i, I do and think i hear many
2: good things about electric but i also hear some things that make you worry a little bit sure like sure. Uh, 300 miles and then it needs a charge yeah right so uh, by the way we have a phone call good morning you're on the air
1: Good morning. I was just wondering in what ways community members could could get involved with HAPCAP and volunteer or help.
2: Community what?
1: Community members.
2: Members. Okay.
1: Could get involved with HAPCAP to volunteer or help, um, yeah. advocate for, for more funding.
0: Okay. That is a wonderful question, Micah. <laughs>
2: Oh, I I guess one of our own is involved here. That's great, Micah, glad to hear your voice. So, uh, do it.
3: Yeah, Uh, so that's a really great question. Um, We have a lot of volunteer opportunities, um, specifically through the food bank, that you can go to help pack boxes for those senior food programs that I was just talking about. That's a big effort. Um, We have a big assembly line style network in our, in our warehouse, our food bank annex, um, so people can come twice a month, or if they have a larger group, they can email volunteer at hop, that's hapcap.org, that's H-A-P-C-A-P dot org, and they can reach out that way if they're interested in volunteering. Um, of course, we always ex- are accepting funds at hapcap.org slash give, and that's what gives us a lot of the flexibility to meet the needs that aren't already addressed and I know those can be the most important for someone that's maybe lost their housing um, and come to us a little bit late in the process and needs to stay in a hotel for the evening Mm -hmm. we might not have a program for that but if we have some local funds that we are able to help with and that's that has happened several times in the past that can make a really big difference in someone's life so you can make the donations there we're also working on a drive right now um, to get more food for our mobile markets because we do serve the 10 different counties we are getting out taking our big semi trucks full of boxes and full of food to each of the counties where people can come they can drive through and we fill their trunk with food Um, and due to a lot of the things that are happening just within the environment right now um, it's hard to find food. It's hard to get supplies. And those costs are rising. So you can donate to those specifically at HapCap.org give as well.
2: All right. Thank you. Thank you. Um, let's see here. What about... Um, uh, forgive me. I, I don't know how to word this. Um, I would be ashamed um, embarrassed whatever to drive up to a food line and get a box of food i, think I uh, you know uh, we at least in our current status we can afford to buy what we need and we're not struggling we're not I mean, we're annoyed with COVID. It's changed our lifestyles for a couple of years, but we're getting by and uh, we feel things are getting better. But um, how, do you, how do you shake that stigma for people who may feel that way, but really need it?
3: Yeah, we do hear that a lot actually from people that are eligible for our programs. They think there's someone that needs this more than me. And that's not necessarily the case. We want to help everyone. And like I was saying before, like we're here to be a helping hand. That's our whole job. That's why we do what we do. Um, We try to make everyone feel comfortable. Everyone needs help sometimes and everyone needs someone and we want to be that someone for them. So yeah, we just really want to encourage people. If you need help, give us a call. We will make sure that everything goes smoothly for you. We will be an advocate for you um and things are getting better but in some ways they're not because we do have the rising costs and i think that can be a sentiment within the community that we're thinking covid is over and we're not having these problems anymore but we still are Um, just within the past month we've seen numbers double at some of our mobile and on-site distributions just for something as simple as food security to make sure that people have food on their table People are choosing between paying their bills or buying groceries, and we want to do everything that we can to help you with that. That shouldn't be a struggle that we have. Um, So yeah, I just encourage anyone that's listening, anyone that you know uh, that needs help to reach out to us, you can call us at 740-767-4500. We have a wonderful person on the front desk who will make sure to get you transferred for all of the resources that you need.
2: Let me have that again.
3: 740-767-4500.
2: And uh, you explain what your uh, situation is, and they'll try to get you pointed in the right direction.
3: They absolutely will, and like we've all uh, said before, even if it's not something that we do, we can get you connected to those resources and follow up to make sure that they're you know, working for you. Um, they can also email. If somebody doesn't want to make a phone call, they can send us an email at info at hapcap.org. Um, there's also a lot of resources available on our website at hapcap.org. Uh, so you can kind of s- scroll through and take a look at what we can do for you if you want to look at that before you give us a call. But we just encourage you to reach out. We're all here for the people within the community.
2: So what have we failed to bring out? We've got three minutes remaining in the show. Who wants to uh, say, you know, there's one thing I'd like to mention?
4: Well, Dave, I'm glad you asked. I wanted to do a little plug that with Head Start, it is a school year based program for most of our slots, and we are accepting applications for next year. So I would encourage people to reach out to us, like Valerie said, either through the website or give us a call or even visit a Head Start Center And we can take your application, we can even do it over the phone, and get you enrolled hopefully for next year. Head Start is for children ages 3 to 5, and our early Head Start program actually is a year-round program, and that's children who are from birth to age 3, and we also can serve pregnant women in that program. We have a lot of resources and supports that we're providing to all the families in our program whether it's early head start or head start so i hope that people will take advantage of that and give us a call check out the website fill out an application and let us see if we can meet your needs two minutes now anybody else
5: all righty thank you um this is nate again and yes. i do have one um plug as well um we're also accepting applications for the CDBG program in Athens County. Um, It's Athens County's year to apply for funding. So um, we're kind of different than a lot of the other programs that are, you know, focused towards the individual or helping specific people, you know, kind of one-on-one. My program, we work with villages, communities, um, counties, townships. So if you're in a village or um, a member of a township government um, and you know of a project in your community that's located in Athens County, uh, maybe you need some sidewalk work done, a community center needs some work, um, street needs repaired, um, drop us a line, drop me a line at nathan.simons.hapcap.org and I'd be happy to chat with you about your potential project and provide you an application. Um, just so everyone's aware we do work for the county um, so the county commissioners get the final say in project selection and what we do um, but I just wanted to put that out there now's the time thank you
2: well HAPCAP uh, this has the, been the uh, second of, uh, of um, session we've had to, um, to make the community more aware of the different services they offer and we covered several of them um, what two weeks ago and Got three or four more today. Um, Valerie, uh, keep 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 this information coming. This community can be supportive, and they also have needs. And I, I think it's um, important that you let Athens be a leader in our our part of the state. So. Um, Do do, do you notice other counties having a greater interest? Let me see. What time is it? I've got uh, 10 seconds. That's not much.
3: I was just going to say people can follow us on social media as well, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, if they want to keep up with what we're doing in the community, ways that they can help, and um, programs if they are looking for
2: help themselves. Dynamite. Take care out there, folks.
0: In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. This is CBS News on the Hour,
1: presented by Indeed.com. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. A reversal in economic fortunes? New GDP numbers have some analysts worried about recession, but others insisting the pandemic recovery We'll bounce right back. Bank rates Mark Hamrick.
0: The government reports the U.S. economy contracted in the first three months of the year with an annualized decline of 1.4%. That is weaker than expected, to be sure. This contraction is seen as less worrisome because it reflects a widening trade deficit and big swings in inventories, along with a decline in government spending. The
1: Dow is up 124 points in early trading. A single siren sounded across Israel on this Holocaust Remembrance Day. Israelis stopped and bowed to remember the 6 million Jews killed by the Nazis. Israeli police say Prime Minister Naftali Bennett's family has received a second death threat, another bullet in the mail. President Biden is about to ask Congress to send proceeds from Russian oligarchs-confiscated assets to Ukraine to help fund its war with Russia. Robert Legvold is a political science professor at Columbia University.
0: It's no longer a matter of trying to influence Russian behavior. It is really an effort now. TO CHANGE THE CHARACTER OF RUSSIA'S STANDING AND POSITION AND RESOURCES.
1: TODAY, U.N. SECRETARY GENERAL ANTONIO GUTERRES VISITED TOWNS OUTSIDE KYIV WHERE CIVILIANS WERE TORTURED AND KILLED. Ukrainian prosecutors have filed charges against 10 Russian soldiers, charged them with atrocities in Bucha. An American military vet has been reunited with his family in Texas a day after he was released from prison in Russia. Correspondent Nancy Cordes. Trevor Reed arrived in San Antonio overnight. He was evaluated by military doctors on the plane, and now he's going to get an in-depth evaluation at a military hospital that is expected to last several days. Reed spent almost three years in a Russian prison before he was exchanged for a Russian pilot convicted of drug trafficking in the U.S. A lot of moms and dads have been waiting for it. Moderna's applied for emergency use authorization for a two-dose COVID vaccine for children between six months and six years old. CBS's Dr. David Agus. It's
5: being submitted to the FDA now. They've committed to convening an advisory group in the next several weeks. So I really think by the end of the month, the next month, we could have this vaccine out for young kids. And at the same time, Pfizer soon will submit
1: their three-shot vaccine data. One more embarrassment for Prince Andrew after his sex abuse settlement. He's been stripped of a Freedom of the City title he was awarded after the Queen made him Duke of York in 1987. This is CBS News.
2: Find your next great hire with Indeed. Their hiring platform makes it easy to attract, interview, and hire candidates all in the same place. Visit Indeed.com credit.
4: Moments like watching my grandson steal second mean a lot to me. But after being diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer, or MBC, which is breast cancer that is spread to other parts of the body, they mean even more. I take Ibrance, loop. Ibrance
1: 125 milligram tablets with an aromatase inhibitor is.